Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, man, how's it going? Doing well. How are you? Uh, well, doing our best to survive without biathlon. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh... I must admit, so far it still feels like a in-between weekend where next weekend we're just going to have another race. So I think once that starts without any biathlon, then it really starts mm-hmm. kicking in. No, I, but, yeah, uh, I totally agree. Because there's still been news and things coming out and we're not that far out from the season that it still sort of feels like we're in that swing. Yeah, and it partially feels like the, the busy season just starts now because... You know, mm-hmm. I have all these ideas during the season and some things I work on, but then I want to either update it with the full season data or come up with some new ideas that, that is based on full season data or compared to previous full seasons and that kind of thing. So uh, from a <laughs> from a stats perspective, it's it's really just a beginning. Yeah. And it's so, time to uh, look at uh, extra time to, to really analyze the season. Yeah. See, see, what, and, see what really happened. It's probably also a form of therapy just to get through the summer. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of, I, I mean, I know I live in Florida, but uh, summer really started this week. I mean, it was, uh, I think it's going to be 92 degrees tomorrow, um, which for somebody who likes to, you know, run and exercise outside, it's really, it's really a bummer. <laughs> How hot is that in Celsius? Do you know? Oh, sorry. Uh, that's going to be somewhat somewhere in the uh, mid 30s. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's probably very humid too. Quite. Yeah. yeah, the only saving grace is that we still have a breeze and that will last for another month or so and then it's just going to be hot and humid and muggy and nasty. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I've got a race coming up this weekend. So running? Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, ah. uh, running at 5.30 in the morning, so at least it shouldn't be too terrible yet. But Is that yeah. for, for the reason of, of uh, temperature? Exactly, or? yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah if we started any later, um, yeah, you know, by the time the last waves get going and some of the slower runners, it would just be unbearably hot. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we're just uh, starting to see some signs of spring here. We're mostly between zero and plus 10 Celsius. Mm. Um, but yesterday we had some new snow. So, <laughs> And then on Monday, I uh, had my biathlon in Canmore, which is more in the Rocky Mountains. So it's still a little bit colder there, but even the snow there. Reminded me a lot of what uh, what we saw in the last Oslo uh, events, kind of <laughs> slush. Yeah. But, so uh, yeah. I don't know enough about you know Canadian geography and weather. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know why I haven't committed to that to to, to memory yet. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it, wait, do when do you guys get most of your snow? Because I know in for the United States, in say like in Denver, they get most of their snow in March and even into April. Um, is that the same for you or is it kind of like the end of the snow season? No, I, um, I would say, well, I put my winter tires on from mid September to mid May. Got it. Because in that time frame, it can, we can have snowstorms any, any time. Mm. Um, now typically early December, maybe end of November, we, we start seeing some snow here in Calgary and then you know typically when it's cold enough it will stay throughout the winter um last last season we had really good snow so we had <clears throat> probably uh about a foot thick the whole winter long but this year it's been thinner and moving and then coming back and so it hasn't been very good here but mm. like i said uh 
Calgary is just on the east side of the, the Rocky Mountains and Canmore mm-hmm. is more in the Rocky Mountains. So it's a bit higher and colder and, and they have some, some uh, snowmaking equipment there and do some other things to keep the snow there. So we can basically ski till pretty much mid-April. This year's a bit warmer, so it might be earlier, but I've skied mm-hmm. there in May before. Years oh, wow. Before. Yeah. That's a, my oh. first year that I, after I moved here, my first year we had at least one day of snow in every month of the year. Oh, <laughs> so I just can't even imagine you, that. Yeah, you never, you never know for yeah. certain that it's not going to snow here. So that's wild. Yeah. Well, do you want to just uh, jump into it? Yeah, let's. Uh, but uh, let's keep our distance uh, <laughs> and not go the way that uh, the last party at. Uh, <laughs> Oslo uh, event went. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> that was. It must have been quite the affair. I mean, if uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, there was um, quite the the postseason party uh, where many of the uh, biathletes attended, and almost as many got sick with COVID. Yeah, uh, I think just uh, I, I'm going to run through a brief list. This is not everybody. Um, there are definitely more, um, but. Uh, just just from what I was able to to see on Twitter, we had uh, Tyrell Eckhoff, Marta Roisland, Ingrid uh, Tandrevold, uh, Edeline, uh, Caroline Knoten. Uh, we had uh, I do not remember her first name, Fem Steinebeck. Um, both the Wilbergs, uh, Lynn Pearson, Alyssa Gasparin, uh, Denise Herman, Francesca Preutz, and from the men, uh, Lagride Christensen, uh, at least one of the Anderson brothers. Uh, Uldal, uh, Jesper Nealon, Ponsuloma, uh, Jacqueline, and then um, uh, King Harold as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. the king, the king of Norway, yeah, they they shared it with everybody. Yeah, I, don't I know, I know there were party though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that would have been quite something if it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh... well, uh, it's it's too bad for the national championships because I think in those countries they still mean something and. Yep. I think Bakken was the only one of the few that were actually was actually uh, participating in the Norwegian national championships. That was, I think there were a couple more, but uh, yeah, it's uh, quite a list. Yeah, yeah, and uh, obviously we're laughing about it. Everybody seems to be doing okay. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit, a little bit sick, but nobody is very sick. You know, nobody's nobody's yeah. in any any sort of danger. So uh, it must be know. related to like, of, of course, the party doesn't help, but um, yeah, the fact that you know they've been pretty much wearing a mask since the start of the season. And then in Mm -hmm. China, it was even more strict. So I can understand where, you know, everything is focused on staying healthy for Mm -hmm. for biathlon. So when the season is over that you don't really care too much anymore and just takes one of them that has it. And I think spreads like fire. Yeah. One of the things that stood out to me was, you know, Obviously, with everybody getting sick now, uh, you can sort of see how well they did during the season. That mm-hmm. it wasn't just sort of dumb luck; like they were really trying, and they're for the most part. I mean, obviously, a handful of people did get sick, but yeah. really able to. Yeah, and I to think that's healthy. kind of a shout out to uh, to the IBU as well. Absolutely, how well they uh, handled it, and like you said, <laughs> it didn't work for everybody. But no, 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 no. no poor even poor King Harold couldn't even <laughs> yeah. stay, stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, somebody mentioned on Twitter, um, and I thought this was just a funny mental image of of the king, you know, partying it up and doing shots with all the athletes, and it's just a <laughs> funny, funny, funny image that's yeah. stuck in my head. 
Yeah. yeah. It's funny that, um, or well, not funny. It's unfortunate that Preuss got it even the second time. Oh, I know. Yes. That <laughs> just sort of sums up her year, right? Yeah. yeah no kidding. <laughs> one thing after another for her. Yeah. At least she was able to have those last few good races before she <laughs> yes, got sick again. Yeah. 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 yeah she can go and <laughs> rest up and get ready for next year. Yeah. Hopefully they, uh, they'll come out of it pretty soon and healthy and get it off their checklist, so to speak, and uh, move on from there. Any other uh, news notes, anything you've seen that stood out to you the last week or so? Um, well, I noticed a new calendar is out, but I, I don't know. Nothing really specifically stood out for me on that. Yeah, I, uh, I, that's a, it's a good point. I, I think we knew most of the, most of the locations already. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, we, maybe not the exact order, but it, it stayed pretty similar. Uh, the, I thought it was interesting that uh, the last couple of we, years they've done uh, Conti Lati or wherever the season started as two separate weekends and they're kind of doing it as one more extended week this year. Um, okay. Just same number and of races, but just... just typically, kind of, Östersund is pretty early in the season too and now it's the... Yeah, uh, it's, it's at the end. Second to last. Second yeah. to last, yeah. And no Otpe, eh? I, I didn't know if that was already known or not, that it was just I, a one-off, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't. I did not know. Um, I guess they went back to who's back on the list. I guess Pokyuka. Novomesto. Oh no! Yeah, Novomesto. Oh, that's two back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess because the Olympics. But good to so. see to uh, to have Annecy or Le Grand Bonin. Yeah. I'm not sure which one they always use, but or which part of the name. But uh, good to yeah. see them back. And and man, I really hope that next season we'll just have crowds every every event and then yeah. the world championships in overhof are just going to be completely oh, crazy i'm sure that could be bananas <laughs> yeah looking forward to that um no other than that i i can't say i've read or seen anything that really stood out to me yeah that's yeah, uh mostly it was just the um uh just the the big covid party mm-hmm yeah. So uh, this week we're going to be doing things a little different. Not a lot of biathlon to be breaking down this week. So uh, instead of our normal um, uh, topic uh, or our headings, uh, we're sort of going to be doing a couple of different things. So we're focusing more on uh, wrapping up the season a little bit and some of the things that, that came with that. So mm-hmm. no, for example, no power rankings this week. Uh, that would just be kind of silly. Um, unless, <laughs> as somebody said, that uh, we should do COVID versus non-COVID teams, um, <laughs> which, which, which was actually kind of an interesting competition. But um, yeah, so we're like I said, we're going to be jumping to some sort of new topics and just uh, looking at, uh, you know, different ways that we want to wrap up the season. Sounds good. Yodely. The general topic. Do you want to start with the... Uh... Athletes that we feel have most improved, either within the season or, or even compared to last season. Yeah, sure. Maybe start with the women. Let's do it. So uh, obviously, at the top of most people's list, I think Elvira Oberg. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she uh, made. Uh, I don't know. I, I sort of. This is kind of gets into how I think. I, you know, I think that there are a lot of different ways that you can be most improved. Um, you can sort of come from you know further back and 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 leap into you know the 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 20 to 25 range i think that 
you know, there, there are a bunch of people that are kind of grouped in the middle there. So you don't have to make dramatic improvements, but, but, you know, if you, if you make a, a solid improvement throughout the year, you can kind of leap into that, you know, the, you know, that, that tier to kind of like a, a little bit lower down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a group of people that can leap from, you know, that, you know, the 20 to 30 range up into, you know, the top, the teens. And then I think the hardest jump to make is to, to go all the way to the very top. And that's sort of what Elvira Uberg did, uh, this year, I think, uh, going from, I think she was borderline top 10 overall last year to, you know, pretty decisively being the second best woman, uh, in yeah. the World Cup this year. Well, and I mean, you know, all credit to Roiseland for having a, an amazing season and a very consistent season, but, you know, up till the last event, Elvira still had a chance, right? Mm-hmm. And, yep. Um, that's incredibly impressive for such a young athlete. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. I think the under 25 was never in doubt. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, great to see. And, yeah. and she was also very consistent. I think she faded off a little bit towards the end, but, mm-hmm. uh, man, the way, the way she started the season, just flying on the skis was, uh, something to be seen. It really was. And she got a little bit slower throughout the year, but I don't, she never slipped mm-hmm. slower than, than second, you know, and, right. and, uh, overall, you know, speed rankings throughout the year and mm-hmm. and one thing I, I do want to give her credit for as well is you know she actually did get a little bit better with her shooting throughout the year she mm-hmm. had some some sort of um difficult performances early in the season but um really once uh once we got a couple of weeks in you know she was pretty consistently shooting 80 percent or better which isn't yeah. isn't amazing but uh you know good it, enough when you're dead fast exactly that's, that's all she yeah. needed to do well understanding um, in the the last three yes. four or five events were and else she she also said she felt so safe and and confident right mm-hmm. her, her standing shooting was uh was very good i actually had this written down so her at the end of the year her standing shooting um was just was 87.9 percent basically um right. which was actually ahead of lisa hauser and was within the within one percent of Roiceland. so you know she's wow. it's pretty heady company as far as shooters go yeah um, get that prone shooting up and she's going to be actually pretty difficult to beat. Absolutely. Um, we've talked about her a lot as well. Vanessa Voigt, um, or Folk, just incredibly impressive what she put down her first full season after coming out of the IBU cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just got better and better throughout the season. Um, her shooting just incredible. I think she leads the shooting leaderboard. Uh, or the shooting accuracy leaderboard. Her uh, her speed is maybe lacking a little bit, but she's got to have something to improve on. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and and every now and then she showed incredible speed as well. So it was uh, it was tantalizing, I would say, with her speed. Uh, if she can show that a little bit more, like she did, I think it was the individual race at the Olympics. Then yeah, yeah, uh, she could be she could be making that leap that that Elvira made this past season. Hmm. Um, and, and like folks, we, we also spoke a lot recently anyway, about, uh, Jessica Kislova. Um, mm-hmm. she was more in the category of, uh, kind of coming from the middle of the pack, um, upwards. I don't have the number in front of me right away, but I can get it. She ended up, well, especially uh, her shooting was so impressive. Oh right? my God. It was incredible. Yeah. So huh. she ended up 17th overall, but, but shooting, I think she was one of the top two, maybe right, right there with, uh, booked as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Similar, uh, similar profile, great shooter, not quite as fast. Um, but, uh, I, you know, she's a little bit older than, than booked, but 
you know, if she can keep this, this progression, um, then, uh, we could see a good year from her next year. Mm -hmm. I, I will say that a lot of her progression this year too was, was actually in speed. So, um, you know, she can hopefully keep going in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Lotta Lee was somebody who I think, especially in the beginning stood out, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. To yep. start of the season. And we keep mentioning these, uh, these really good shooters that are a little bit slower. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's how you stand out, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just a, a name that I knew, but I, you know, didn't really, um, expect much of her, I suppose. Oh, yeah. And then in the, in the beginning of the season, especially to see her in the, I think, she, did she have a couple of top tens or? She did. Yeah. She did yeah. one in the mixed single re relay, I think. Yes. With Claude. Yes. So it was just, you know, it was nice to see somebody from Belgium and we talked about, you know, her potential roots in, uh, in Norway, but uh, mm -hmm. coming up for Belgium now. And it's nice to see a different colored suit at the yeah. head of yeah. the, the races. Yeah, and you shoot you shoot like that, and you're gonna you're gonna at least give yourself a chance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. she can follow the same sort of pattern as uh, Gislova and and Vokten maybe yeah. move up a little bit more. And I also I, I wanted to mention uh, Deidre Irwin as well. Um, yeah. yeah, this is only her her second year really in in biathlon and um, or in the in the, the World Cup I should say. And um, I, she didn't score any points last year, and and this year she actually well I think she was seventh in the individual in. Um, in uh in the olympics and then um near the end of the season i don't remember if this was oslo or um i think it was actually in otapa she was uh 14th in the sprint which was her best world cup finish so right, um, right. definitely ended the year on a high note um and uh, you know with with uh, a couple of retirements in the american team she's going to be shouldering a bit more of the load and, and she if she keeps going on this trajectory i think she's in a She's going to have some success next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was just thinking that, that with two very experienced and a bit older athletes retiring, it's, uh, it's definitely going to fall a bit on her to uh, to take up the American flag, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I we're not. I promise, we're not doing this intentionally, but similar similar profile as the other ones we mentioned. No, oh, really, yeah. really good shooter. Just uh, you know, just improving, working on that, um, working on the uh, on the speed a little bit. Well, but it makes sense too, though, because I mean, you can be a super fast skier, mm -hmm. but if you shoot fifty percent, you're not going to be in the top. Where you can be oh, yeah. a slower skier, but if you have a great shooting, and granted, the other um, athletes need to have a, a little bit of a less shooting, then you still have a you know a good chance to make a top ten. So. Yeah. I think it is the way to sort of move up and stand out a bit. Yeah, um, you know, I, I guess we can have this uh, discussion at some point. You know, I'm, we've we've touched on it a little bit, but if you were going to take somebody and and turn them into a biathlete, would you rather have a really good shooter and teach them how to be a better skier, or the other way around? Um, hmm. I I have a feeling that discussion has been going on for a lot of years, but I was uh, say maybe for about a hundred years or so. <laughs> yeah, I I do I do kind of feel though that maybe skiing is easier to gain um, skill in than shooting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think for shooting maybe it is a bit more. You just 
you know, you can learn a lot and you can improve a lot, but there's something to it that you also just not need to have a feel for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, which for skiing is maybe a little less important, but uh, I mean, what do I know? <laughs> no, no, I, I am certainly not the person to answer that question. No. And how about the men? Anybody who uh, jumped um, out there? Yeah, you know, when I was first thinking about this list, the first name that came to mind was was uh, Christensen. And I don't mm. know, I mean, this is obviously a, a big jump up for him, you know, obviously finishing that high up in the overall standings. But um, I don't remember him being this involved in the action any previous year. And no. maybe even that by itself is is a mark of improvement. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, and it really felt that he was sort of given an opportunity with the disappointing results of Dale and, and Dale going back to the IBU that there was sort of a, a void for him to step step into and he totally did, right? I'm not saying that he replaced Dale, but um, it just kind of felt that way. Like I was expecting a lot from Dale and then when that didn't work out, all of a sudden we have this other Nor Norwegian guy who just, <laughs> yeah. you know, was in the top five and i think did he have the je yellow jersey at some point for a little he bit did. I, think? I think for one or two races yep yeah so yeah no i think he had a great season and uh and he proved that uh again you know his shooting was uh pretty solid especially the the second half of the season so second half of the season and the second half of races yeah. I, I think for him my uh yeah my my memories from for him for this season will always they'll all be <laughs> last shoots whether it was a relay or a mass start yeah 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 uh, and he uh i don't know if you saw the visual i sent out today but i think we may have talked about it in the last podcast but uh i think he had 73 consecutive shots hit mm -hmm. yep in individual races alone so that's not even including the the relays that is a crazy statistic i do not know how you do that but yeah, I remember last year, I think um, some Simon Ader set a record and I forgot the the actual number. I think it was somewhere in the 80s. So considering that, you know, 73 is granted still, you know, a <laughs> little bit away, but, yeah. you know, that's still very good to uh, to get to 73 and that pretty yeah. close to uh, to the record there. Absolutely. And then uh, his teammate Bucken mm -hmm. kind of, I wouldn't say came out of nowhere, but uh, to just finish the season with a win and, and grabbing the uh, the little glow or the little uh, crystal glow yeah. for uh, for the mass start. That was, yeah, it makes you think now what's going to happen next season. I know. Uh, the, uh, the Norwegians almost have too many people. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for, for Bucken, like, if you think about it, he might have not even started. Well, I guess the last races, they allow more per nation, but uh, if Johannes Tingens Bo was there, yeah, they probably would have not had some of the younger guys. But, uh, yeah, he's he's not been around that long at this level and and uh, ends on top for the mass start and another guy to consider for next season. So uh, I know. Yeah, That's going to be something to look at next year is how the Norwegians set up their mm -hmm. the, the World Cup team for yeah. the men. So that's going to be tough. Um, mm -hmm. 
Also, uh, similar actually to uh, Yaslova, so maybe a little bit better, was uh, Taro Sepola. It's been mm -hmm. around for a few years, but, mm -hmm. but sort of had a career year. Um, I had a, a handful of top fives, if I remember correctly, and um, you know, really shot well for, for a, a good period of the season. I mean, not as well down the stretch, but um, and, and improved just enough skiing that he really got his uh, got himself into a handful of races, especially the the pursuits and the the mass start. So, and extremely um, consistent. Yes. Um, yep. I'm just looking at the uh, seasonal form analysis dashboard I did, and and uh, mm -hmm. so for the season average, he has 22.3 points per race on it. Yeah, at average points, and that for the four trimesters, if you consider the Olympic Games. Uh, the third yeah. trimester, 22-8, 23-2, 21-5, Like that's it's pretty very impressive. consistent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, uh, I wonder that's got to be, I mean, I'm just, I've scrolled through it a little bit, but that's got to be almost as consistent as anybody. Mm -hmm. yeah, Actually, there, yeah, there's a handful of other ones that were very consistent too. But yeah, pretty And the shooting range. too was uh, yeah. a little less at the Olympics, but other than that... Uh, a bit more fluctuation than than his average points, but mm -hmm. yeah, still a great season for him. Yeah, and like you said, like he he's been around, and I've you know known the name for a number of years, but he seemed like always somebody who was there, but not really in the competition mm -hmm. as much. Yeah, and to just see him like always being in the the top parts of the of the standings was just really good to see for him. Yeah, I actually I've just looked at him now on his profile. And he has counting relays, 147 total races. I mean, he's definitely hmm. not definitely not new by any means. No. So yeah, hopefully, um, honestly, he would be somebody I would look at to continue his improvement because it wasn't like he made like leaps and bounds improvement. It was just kind of steady. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, hopefully, I got my fingers crossed for him. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I also, um, sort of coming out of nowhere, uh, was, uh, Strolia. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to pass on his first name because I'm sure I'm <laughs> going to, to just destroy it. But, um, yeah, I, uh, honestly, I, I will say that before this season, I probably would not have recognized the name at all. Um, no. and, and he started smart by picking up that ski from uh yeah. small ski so all of a sudden everybody was like who is that yes so yeah. he got some fame for that well deserved um, yeah but no it's yeah you're right i i didn't know about him either and uh this this season he's totally made a name for himself absolutely yeah um you know and, and, and he had a couple of top tens after that and mm -hmm. and uh I, it just felt like uh i and maybe maybe i was just recognizing him because of that one event and, uh, you know, picking up the ski. So I was just looking for him, but I felt like he was definitely more involved. I mean, he was, you would, you would see his name pop up, you know, briefly, you know, in some of the pursuit races or mass start races, he was kind of, just kind of hanging in there. Yeah, no, it was, it was nice. And, and also nice to see from a, a nation that's maybe less known. Yes. By yeah. Athlon, right. So, yeah, I honestly don't know if I know any other Lithuanian athletes. No, not from the, top of my head for sure um let's see well we we did talk about stallard a little bit uh, mm -hmm. uh the swiss athlete i must admit he mostly stood out to me during the olympics yeah um but definitely an, a name where i was like okay i 
haven't heard that name before. I'm not sure was this his first. I think this was his first, or at least year, his, yeah, yeah, full season, yeah. probably. Yeah, I think he definitely peaked right around the Olympics because I think mm-hmm. his best weekend uh, of the World Cup season was right after that. Um, right. So I think that was definitely his, and you know, a good way to time your season. Absolutely. Just going back to Australia. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, no, I'm just looking at the. Uh, rankings and world cup points per season dashboard and i'm mm-hmm. sorry for all the self-promotion here but it's just it's a nice way to compare season to season and um so he had 372 world cup points this year and i must mm-hmm. say that includes world cup points for the olympics even though of course they don't give those out but they're calculated as if they would get them sure um compared that to last year he had 74 <laughs> and the year before that he had can't hover over it now just a little bit more 86 and the year before that 15 so that's a significant jump for him that really is yeah wow uh, you gotta wonder you know what sort of off-season training program he had that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah something worked for him yeah seriously and he's he is speaking of guys who are a little bit older i think he's like 29 or 30 it's the, is, that, is that right? The, I'm not sure actually who old he is, but yeah, I don't think he's very young. Yeah, I'm just pulling his, uh, his real biathlon profile up right now, and he is 29. Yeah, that's, I, you know. Peaking age, right? Exactly. He, that's what I was going to say, is he's right yeah. in, the, in that age. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty neat. Those are, I have a soft spot in my heart for those, those sort of athletes too have that uh I, i'm not going to call it a miracle but that that career year that just sort of takes everybody by surprise and you know the obviously he's been around and and didn't you know he's not going anywhere too soon he's not that old but mm-hmm. um you know he's clearly he's been working for for a number of years and and this year it really paid off in a whole new way that's, yeah and it's always fun. nice to see a season where where things just click and work out and like you said mm-hmm. he probably had a training plan that worked for him and it's uh, nice to see that come together. Absolutely. Well, shall we move on? Yeah, let's do that. So I was thinking we could uh, maybe hit some of our favorite races of the season. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, just really, we can just sort of breeze through them and talk about the ones that, that kind of stood out to us and then for any particular reason why they stood out. Yeah, and I, uh, in advance, I want to say that... Um, of course, there were races, and I'm thinking like Justine Brejapoucher at the Olympics in the the final race, mm-hmm. um, where you know she shot clean and she skated fast, and those races stand out by themselves just because they're so perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're not; um, they don't stand out in a way that they're often kind of boring because you know <laughs> yeah. you're if you're the only athlete that's that's perfect on pretty much every field, then you have a big gap. So. I haven't listed any of those, even though, but I just wanted to still say that those are also one of the best races because, you know, to be perfect. And I think LeGrite had one in, uh, in Oslo mm-hmm. where that was the sprint where he was, I think, one of the first 20 skiers. And, and uh, when he crossed the finish line, he just knew that that it was oh, going to be pretty much impossible to be just you know when everything clicks then yeah. so those those are definitely you know 
part of best raises, but I didn't list them here just for the sake of, you know, they're not that interesting from a, from a, uh, excitement or, or, um, viewing perspective. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, pretty much all the ones I listed were exciting because they, or I listed them as exciting because they, they came down to the end or there was some race within, within the race that was really mm-hmm. stood out. Yeah. To me. So actually, part of what I did was I, I sort of briefly glanced back through the um, the, uh, the the you know the biathlon results uh, page and just kind of looked at the the results. But also speaking of self promotion, uh, every week I do my uh, my weekend uh, recap, and one of the things I do is I kind of pick out one race uh, from the men and one race for the women. So uh, nice. some of this yeah. I had to, I had to remind myself of, um, you know, because uh, I just they, I had forgotten how many really good races there were uh throughout the year and they're they're uh fun posts to go through after a while because they they do refresh your memory and, and make you sort of relive the yeah and that's, that's why i started bit. doing it yeah mm-hmm. it was was because i wanted to be able to go back and look and and remember different things that stood out from the from the weekend so mm-hmm. uh and one of those races that i needed to be reminded about was the um uh the women's pursuit from uh Ostersund. um okay. it was incredibly close so the the top seven in the pursuit ended up uh separated by 24 seconds and the top four were separated by eight seconds um the uh uh winner of the race uh was uh marta roisland uh to nobody's great surprise (laughs) um but uh um we had uh both the nes uh from france in uh second and third um and then lisa hauser in fourth and uh, Porza was in fifth, and then the the Weebergs, uh were sort of had a little battle between themselves for sixth and seventh. And um, what I, I I like a pursuit race where it stays close the entire time. Um, yeah, you know I think we all do, um, and that's exactly what happened here. Um, you need I have a, a screenshot of the final shooting, and you can see them all uh, lined up. You know. Uh, that's so cool, eh? Yeah, right. And and so they're all, and you can tell just by the the screen grab I have here. You know, I think uh, only Hannah Oberg had one shot so far, and so they're you can tell they're all they're all right there at the at the same moment. That's hmm. what you want in a race, right? That's you yeah. just wanted to yeah. to come down to the end. Well, looking at the uh, the results of that, it's also very cool to see that. Um, so there was Annie Biscon was second with no misses. Mm-hmm. But then Elvira Oberg was 24 seconds behind the winner with four misses. So there was a lot of variation in that too. I know. So it wasn't it wasn't one day where everybody was shooting clean or, yeah. or making lots of errors and stuff. So yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, and those are exciting. We, we talked about Elvira's speed, and there's uh, one of your best exhibits right there. Mm-hmm. Four misses and within 24 seconds, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, the start of the season, man. She was. I mean, yeah. a lot of the sweets were were really good and fast. Yeah, but man, she she stood well, out. Her sister three misses and twenty two seconds back. Yeah, and yeah. The, they they had the the most misses of anybody in the yeah the top there by far. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, it was just a, it was a fun race, and uh, and I I've made you know I I've, we've made this list. You know, I'm I'm out. This is my list to go back and rewatch when I'm bored during the off season. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna run through a couple that I had marked down if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I also had, um, skipping around a little bit, the, the Anholtz, uh, mass start for the men. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a great race because you had so many people that were involved, but, um, this was the weekend, the first weekend really that, uh, Johannes Tingnesbo, 
started to look like himself before the Olympics. Mm. And, uh, but you had uh, Benny Dole going head to head with him um, and not backing down. Uh, I, I, this race, when I was thinking about some of my favorite races was actually the first one that came to mind because Hmm. I, I distinctly remember uh, Bo trying to pull away during, I can't remember if it was the second lap or the third lap and, and Dole, he was maybe, I don't know, five or six seconds back, but he never, fell off like he he fought and fought and fought and stayed yeah. within range and then took advantage and and shot shot well late and pulled away for the win it was, was just that a, the a race pretty, pretty win was that the race where at the finish line he almost thanked johannes Tingesbo for not catching him yeah <laughs> yeah was it yeah 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 um, I remember that. yeah it was uh but I, had, I was really impressed because that takes a lot i mean you're going head to head with a guy who's probably you know has the has had the best career of anybody we're still racing um yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, no uh, kidding. And that must be so incredibly stressful to, to know mm-hmm. that Johannes Tingisbo is right behind you. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, he wasn't right on his heels, but you're just, it was close enough that, you know, you couldn't slow down just a little bit because someone like Johannes Tingis will just catch, catch up and, and then who knows what happens. But, uh, yeah, I always, We've we've said this before. Dole's technique. Um, he <laughs> yeah. just kind of looks all over the place, and he looks exhausted. But it, he, you know, when he gets out of the start house, that's what he looks like. But to just <laughs> yeah. see him, you never sort know if he was actually exhausted or if he just, you know, if 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 that was just his style. But uh, yeah, no, it was great to see him get to the finish in first, and and uh, yeah, it was a great race. And especially because I mean, Bo looks so good again and after so much of the season looking kind of rough before then um, yeah and it no. was uh that was also antholz was also where legrite started to show a little bit of yes yeah because i yeah. know that in the beginning of the season we talked a lot about is this are they just badly prepared or are they planning yeah. it all for the olympics and stuff so yeah it's uh, i remember yeah, yeah. that it started coming back a little bit of to the normal form we expected yeah you got the hints that it it was it was coming into Coming mm-hmm. to, to form there. Yeah. Um, I had written down the Anholtz, uh, the women's relay as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the life of me, is this the one I, I, I didn't put down any notes, so I'm just doing this off the head. Is this the one where uh, Sharvotova, she fell down? Um, I'm pulling it back up. I'm pulling yeah. it back They were yeah. like in third or fourth position, and then I think she fell down and, and they came in sixth. Is that yeah. right? I'm pulling it up. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they were they they. Um, I think Sharvotova actually she was in the lead or close to it, and then she slid off the course. Um, and that's intangible one by her, and that was and then and then I think she had snow in her rifle after that, and so that's and that's sort of where the race all fell apart. But right, right, yeah. Um, oh, I so I I this is why I had noted this is because during the course of the race. Uh, Sweden, Belarus, Russia, Italy, Czech Republic, and Norway all had led the race at some point um, hmm. and had had not just like one or two second leads, but were, you know, looks like they were going to take advantage or take control of the race. Right. Um, and then and then going into the last leg, you had eight teams within 30 seconds, nice. which is really unusual for a relay. Yeah. Usually by the yeah. last leg, you're kind of spread out a little bit, but, you know, eight teams within 30 seconds was wide open. This was also, uh, Roisland was not racing. In this, in this race, yeah, a lot of them were missing because yeah. I'm just looking at the Swedish team and they exactly 
in the Swedish team was a mess. Uberksen, yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say they were a mess, but they just didn't. It was definitely their B team. Yeah. And the United yep. States in fifth? The United States in fifth? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, sort of an unusual up and down race. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely one to, to put on the uh, <laughs> on the rewatch schedule. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then the last two that I had picked out, I don't know, you, you, you probably would have picked these out as well. Uh, I just got to the, I got to the word document first. <laughs> were, uh, the mixed relay and the men's relay from, uh, and I'm going to lump these together because there's a lot of the same, same players there at the end, but the mixed relay and the men's relay for the Olympics, um, yeah. uh, both coming down to the very end. Um, the mixed relay, of course, was the, you know, it, it was, um, uh, Latipov uh, had the lead initially for the Russians, and then it was Biomaye and uh, JT Bo. Uh, they kind of tracked him down, and a lot of the last lap was the three of them together, and then a final sprint to the end. Um, and it was just just a, a wild, wild start to the Olympics. Absolutely, I think uh, that played a big role too. That it was the first race, it was, yes, it was a lot of yeah. anticipation, and kind of like, what is this course even going to look like? Is you know, we, we could barely find any information on the courses and, uh, and what a race to start off with. And yeah, there, I, I think for me the the small little side note is that I, I did feel bad for, for Latchpoff. And you also men, uh, mentioned the uh, men's relay yes. where again, he was know. You know, kind of, the, well, not kind of, he was the reason why Russia didn't just win easily. And, uh, that yeah. was, you know, unfortunate reason, but that's, you know, that's uh, in relay. Everybody needs to do well, and um, some do not so well in the first round, and some do not so well in the last round. So, and it's so hard for him too because we we mentioned most improved athletes, and you know, honestly, yeah, he probably should have mentioned him. Um, yeah, to, I mean, he really he jumped up, and by the time uh, I think he was in fifth place in the overall. I mean, he was pretty high up there going into mm-hmm. the second trimester and then he had COVID and missed several weeks, came back for the Olympics and then had these, these two performances, which were, which were tough. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then obviously Russia has not raced since then. So we haven't, we haven't seen him since, but right. you know, that, that first, first trimester, he looked like a completely different athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, somebody that I was not really aware of no. up to that point. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was a. Uh, it was. It's unfortunate that it had to be the same man or the same person. You know, to that had the difficulties twice, but um, yeah, it would <laughs> led to some exciting finishes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, re- I do remember thinking that I could not remember a, a race where there was like three countries, basically in a sprint for the for the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, it was uh, a dead sprint right at the end. Yeah. But. Um, I also had written down the Oslo men's pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eric Lesser race. What's that? The, the Eric Lesser race. The Eric Lesser race. Yeah. Um, and also a race where, you know, f- for Eric Lesser, everything came together. He was one of the few that shot clean. Um, his speed was good. Probably his best speed of the season. And, um, yeah, to hold off Quentin Friomier at the end there. Yeah, it was just uh, knowing at that time already that he was going to retire. Just incredible race and and uh, just a Oslo crowd recognizing him. I don't know. It was just a really one that really popped up in my head pretty much right away. 
I think I think I even mentioned this at the time, but it sort of felt like a like a movie ending. Yeah, right? like that's yeah. that's how a movie would end. Um, and then if and, you put it in a movie, you're like, oh yeah, as if that would ever happen. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's no way that this guy, you know, he would come through and and win, you know, right at the very end, you know, with, <laughs> you know, with this crowd and yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah. It just it felt like something that was completely improbable that it would happen. We were sort of uh, we, we were wishing that it would happen, and hey, he made it work. Worked out. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, it still doesn't, hasn't really sunk in that it actually happened. And I'm not, I'm not walking around as, you know, uh, I'm not in the Eric Leiser fan club. I mean, I love him. Like, don't get me wrong, but this wasn't like I, I'm ride or die for Eric Leiser, but it was still just incredible to see. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's uh, just an interesting character. And, and I think uh, the moment I'm thinking of now was actually in the next race in the, the mass start, but that, during the race after shooting three, yes. I think he yeah. was like cheering on the crowd. And <laughs> yeah. Like that. I don't know. Yeah. And it, you're not even surprised. Like when I saw that, I'm like, Oh, that must be Eric Lesser. And then, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. yeah. No, you just a, a really, a really fun. Uh, he's a fun guy at work. Yeah. I'm going to miss him not only for his racing, but also for a lot of the things he did. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. sort of outside of that. And of course he'll yeah. keep doing those things, but yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah. And then two other races that, uh, stood out in my memory were the uh, both the mass starts uh, in Autope. Yes, uh, and I think you know also for Autope being new and I was kind of excited to see what it was like, and the Autope crowd was really go uh, co cool and good. Yeah, and then the mass starts were just so close in the men's where uh, Christiansen won just like five seconds or something behind, uh, or sorry, in front of uh, Fiomaier. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And uh, but it always felt that Fionnier could still do it. Yes. And then yeah. uh, and on the the women's side, it was kind of similar. Uh, maybe not for the win, but uh, Herman and Roisland were really neck and neck for the for the second spot and and sprinting to the finish. And uh, it was just yeah, it was it was an exciting race. And even Herman and Roisland were just a little bit behind Elvira. I think yeah. less than ten. Yeah, it was. Four or five seconds five or seconds, something. Yeah, yeah. I I remember then it was shortly after the range, and and there was a group, and it was like Roisland and Herman, and I don't remember if Preussa was still in, then Pearson were still in the in the group at that point. But um, I was thinking to myself, oh, those are two really strong skiers, and Elvira is strong, but you know, it wasn't that big of a lead. I think it was like two mm -hmm. or three seconds. I was like, oh yeah, they'll they'll catch up to her, and it'll be a race, you know, at the very end. And yeah, um, Elvira just held them off. It was it was it was actually kind of weird how it they the two races sort of mirrored each other with yeah um, with the you know one athlete holding off and you know somebody actually ironically um the the overall winner <laughs> um mm. you know uh towards the end obviously herman beat out roisland but she was right there yeah yeah although i do remember that with um Christensen, and I mean, it's easy to say afterwards, but with Christensen, I sort of had a feeling that he was kind of in control in the sense that he had a little bit of energy left if uh, mm -hmm. Fiona yes. would get too close. And yeah. I think this was the race with Elvira that you could see she was just exhausted, but still on sheer will, she just fought her way to the finish and uh, and beat out uh, the people right behind her. So, yeah. It's funny when that's not something that I was even thinking about when I wrote these down on our list of uh, races I remembered. But then when you talk about it, you're like, yeah, that's right. That happened too. But this, I mean, I'm just looking at, uh, finally got the results up, but uh, the first 13 were within, all within a minute. 
Yeah. Yeah, so the, the only difference between the two races, between the men and women, was that uh, Christensen seemed more in control in the sense that he seemed to have a little bit of energy left and felt like he was kind of keeping an eye on uh, Fionnier, not getting too close, where I think Oberg just was exhausted and, and just on sheer will was able to hold off the other athletes. And uh, yeah, it was just incredible race. And you look at the women's, I just finally have the results up and the top 13 were within a minute. So mm -hmm. it's uh, pretty incredible. It really was. It was a, uh, they were, it was, it was a fun race. Also, you had mentioned at the beginning of talking about these races, the great crowd that there was in, in Autope and um, they were really enthusiastic, um, mm -hmm. especially for these races. So it just yeah. sort of added a little more fun to it too. Yeah. So I'm sure we're, we're missing a lot of races that uh, once we start, reviewing them will uh or replaying them will will be like oh i should have mentioned that too but yeah, yeah these were just i think for both of us ones that stood out yeah right in, yeah on the top so uh yeah we could probably pick one out or three out from every weekend but <laughs> yeah 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 nobody wants to listen to us for you know 17 hours <laughs> right do you want to move on to the next section let's do it um and that's our retirement. So maybe not as, as uh, positive for uh, <laughs> good news related, but uh, yeah, unfortunately a lot of, a lot of retirements. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I still feel like we haven't seen the last one yet. Um, well, there was another one today that I don't know if you saw. Well, no, who was that? Uh, Megan Banks. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I just saw it just before we started recording. Uh, there was a little uh, tweet from the Canadian Biathlon oh. uh, Twitter account. Yep. Hmm, that surprised me. Yeah, I, I, she seemed, yeah. I thought she was younger, but yeah, maybe she just wanted to move on to something else. Yeah, who knows? That's that's a hard thing. You never know. To, I mean, you can sort of assume um, what reasons are, but you just don't know what uh, what it, in the end is. I think Eric Lesser was pretty clear. Yeah, that he just wanted to have a year off and spend time with his family and. Apparently, he has been asked to uh, become the coach or a coach of the Finnish national team. Oh, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, I think it was just kind of uh, jokingly said oh, okay. by uh, by one of the coaches saying, uh, hey, if you uh, want to get into coaching, why, why don't you come work for us? That kind of thing. But uh, Well, I, I think our, our friend Good. Christian Wolf would love it if he would join the Danish coaching, coaching <laughs> yeah, squad. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty close. To Germany, yeah. so uh, yeah. yeah, easy, easy uh, commute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, but, you, do you uh, actually do you know where Eric Lesser? Do you know where he lives? Uh, not that I'm going to track him down. I'm just curious. I um, was it so he lives in the or in the area, or at least that's where he trains, and I, I assume that he lives in that area too, where they had the um, the race where Lachpov was. Uh, in fact, oh, that's right. COVID. Right, where he lent him a spike. I'm pretty sure that yep. was Rupolding. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I think he must be in that area. But you, with these athletes, it's always hard to know if that's actually where his whole family lives, or if he just lived yeah. there during the season. Or so I know I, I I don't know the uh, the definitive answer to that. But oh, sad, sad. I was just mm -hmm. looking up his his Wikipedia, and then he's now listed as a former biathlete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty quick. <laughs> I know. Somebody was on top of that. Isn't there a race next week still? 
uh, <laughs> uh, lives. I could never pronounce this, so I won't even try. Zella Mihelis. Okay, now you now you have me wanting to look it up. Um, Eric Lesser. Maybe I should spell his name right. It's pretty close to Overhoff. Oh, is it? Yeah. 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 And per this picture on Wikipedia, they have a beautiful town hall. So uh, a little advertisement <laughs> for <laughs> for uh, for their tourism. Okay. Oh, Zella Melis. No, I did. never heard of that. No. Um, some that we haven't mentioned. Well, we actually mentioned earlier a little bit, but uh, Claire Egan and S- Susan Dunkley. Like, yep. How they, sad uh, to see these two characters leave, hey? I know, and, and along with uh, Leif Nordgren as well on mm-hmm. the men's side, but but especially Egan and Dunkley have really been carrying carrying the flag for American biathlon for so long. And um, um, beyond that, I would say, like Claire Egan was in that uh, yes. athletes committee for a long time, and yeah. Also, you know, pretty outspoken and and always yep. uh, fighting for integrity. And uh, Susan Dunkley always, you know, showing really good character. And mm-hmm. and I think she's the one that started uh, the knitted gray yes. bibs for the. Uh, yeah, she's got to keep it going. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I don't want to say anything negative about someone like Nordgren, but I just I don't recall. Mm-mm seeing much of him other than the races itself yeah where i feel like someone like egan or, or lesser or dunkley do were just a bit more prominent outside of well not yes. outside of biathlon but outside of the races i suppose well outside uh, of biathlon too i think um yeah you know especially claire egan i'm thinking of um just i think she's just been like you said outspoken for for a lot of causes and mm-hmm. um you know i am sure that she's going to keep doing that uh, so that's yeah but I agree. It's it's sort of it's a loss for leadership in biathlon. Hopefully, actually, though, she will take a leadership position in biathlon. She has seemed sort of interested in that, so hopefully, she goes in that direction. But does we'll Claire see. Egan? Claire Egan, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yep. And there are a few that we've also talked about previously. You know, uh, Benny Baker and his beard mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Windish. Um, yeah. Did you see his uh, his Superman suit that he wore? Yeah, this weekend? yeah, the last was, race or something. That was pretty or, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then we talked about uh, Gwizden from Poland, mm-hmm. who, who's been mm-hmm. around forever. And uh, Amanda Lightfoot has uh, been one of the few, if not only, representatives of Great Britain or yeah. England. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's stopping. Clement Bauer is somebody whose name I remember from quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And same with uh, Selena Gaspar. And I think she's the oldest sister, right? She of is, history. yeah. 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 And then, yeah. you know, of course, on the Canadian side, we have Scott Gow retiring, uh-huh. unfortunately. I did see uh, there was a video of one of the uh, national championships uh, in Sweden, biathlon. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that there were two athletes that were sort of waiting for each other at the, the finish line and hugging and crying. Well, not crying, but like sharing some tears. And yeah, on the on the list that uh, uh, was published on uh, Instagram by Real Biathlon. No, yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, so Elizabeth Hübe and Engela Andersson, um, which 
I didn't recognize them in the Swedish race because, of course, they're not wearing the national uh, out, outfits, but they, they definitely were names that were familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, basically a large exodus. And then uh, we got a couple of Ukrainian athletes retiring. I'm, I'm hoping that's just by desire to no longer train really hard i hope it's not related to the current situation Mm, yes yeah i agree um and then there were well i don't know six or seven japanese yeah athletes retiring complete japanese exodus yeah i have no idea what what that if that's related to anything or if it's just pure coincidence but i tried to look up a little bit of information couldn't find anything but i looked at the athletes and it's not like they're all in their mid-30s or anything like it's weird. You know, we talked about the Chinese uh, team earlier mm-hmm. um, in, in the season. And I, I, it's always been curious to me. I, I, I've always wondered why the Japanese weren't a little bit better. Um, because they've got a, not that ski jumping is the same thing, but it's not like they are completely devoid of um, a history with winter sports. I mean, their mm-hmm. ski jumping team is excellent and they've, we had some decent Nordic combined athletes. So you, I'm just surprised that we just don't see very much of them at all. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I wish I could say more about it. I really no. Yeah. It's just a thought I had. I, it, yeah. I just, I'm just really surprised that, that, yeah. you know, yeah, sure. Two or three out of a team of oh, 10, sure. but I mean, the Japanese team is not the largest team. And then, you know, you just um, see so many depart. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I shouldn't say this. There may be a story there. I don't know if I would ever be able to find it, but it just it would seem like with that many retiring at the same time that I'm not saying it's necessarily something bad, but just be I'd just be curious as to know what what was going on. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking at the the women. They're both plus thirty, and is Kobanoki is he one of the ones? Yeah, he's also thirty. So yeah, maybe it is just a a generation, yeah, of athletes that are moving on. But yeah, and of course, you know, Olympic years are always a bit rough on the retirements, but. Uh, Hopefully we'll we'll find out at some point. Yeah, but we know somebody who is not retiring. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I want to say my apologies for at some no. point bringing up the suggestion that he was yeah. retiring. I I just misunderstood, or maybe at the time he was actually suggesting it and changed mind. I don't know, but uh, well, we will. I, yeah, I say I went back see, and yeah, and watched it as well, and and it when you listen to it, it does seem to like that he is indicating that this was going to be his final year, so. Um, I, I came away with the same conclusion you did, but but we were wrong, or yeah. maybe he changed his mind. I who knows. But either way, great to have him. Uh, yeah, as sort of the senior of the whole gang. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to stick stick around at least another year. Who knows? Um, yeah. And and you know, as we mentioned earlier, like his shooting is still top notch, and of mm-hmm. course his speed is is not as great as it used to be, but, uh, on a, on a good day where everybody else makes mistakes and he shoots clean. He can still get a top, top 10. tens are still there. Cause he had one top 10 in Oslo, didn't he? He sure did. 
Yeah, so. Um, and another mention of a retired athlete, although this athlete retired two seasons ago, um, Kaiser Mekarainen <laughs> participated in the Finnish National Biathlon Championships and came in second just behind Mari Ader in two races <laughs> which to me you know is pretty incredible and yeah. yeah i could see that you you don't i have no idea how much she trains i think she's still pretty active uh kaiser macaronin so um but yeah shooting you don't lose that all of a sudden but um that's still still impressive yeah she needs to, to uh learn uh what retirement means and uh go out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for sure i mean with that with that form she could go out and still get some top 20s and some races absolutely oh man well there's not much coming i'm tempted to say from from finland from finland in the women's side like mary ader is there and she's solid yep. um but i don't just having a quick look here that's why they need air placer yeah. Yeah. Anyway, shall we uh, move on to the next sections? Absolutely. So what I did was create a list of just some random highlights, disappointments, and curiosities of the season. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we're leaving out a couple. Uh, I'm also not sure if we have to go through them uh, list by or uh, item by item, but... Um, are you okay to start with the disappointments? Yeah, let's get those out of the way first. Okay. Um, so a disappointment I had was that, especially after the excitement of the the Crystal Globe race uh, last year with the men so close, decided in the last race, I felt this year, even though, you know, based on points, it wasn't decided until uh, Autope and, and Oslo, but... Pretty much before the Olympics, it already felt that both Fiona and Roisland had it in the bag, mm -hmm. uh, barring, you know, sickness or that kind of uh, unforeseen incident. But uh, in that sense, it was a little disappointment that there was not more excitement for the, for the Crystal Globe. Yeah, no, I agree. It, last year, we were spoiled. Well, the last yeah. two years, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, they, they both uh, went on some pretty unbelievable runs there, and they... Uh, second trimester and sort of wrapped it up early. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I had a couple of items that I can probably group in the sense that um, I was just, I, I get it. Like I totally understand and I'm not arguing that anybody should have done anything different. Um, but it, it really felt that the majority of top athletes weren't taking the world cup as serious as other mm -hmm. years and obviously because of preparation for the olympics but um you know we we talked a lot about the ski speed of norway at the start of the season where i'm pretty certain that all had to do with the focus on the olympic games um you know johannes tingensbo basically after the olympics saying that he was out and again uh his reason i have no way to judge that but i felt for the competition it was disappointing um i don't know there was you know pretty much all athletes were 
taken out a few races to either uh-huh. prepare for the Olympics or rest or whatever the reason was. So, um, yeah, I, I, that, that was a bit disappointing this season. It just didn't feel that, that, uh, everybody was on the same page with focus on the world cup. Uh, yeah. Um, it sort of makes you respect what, uh, Quentin Fiume was able to do, um, racing almost every race. I mean, I think he took one or two relays off, but, yeah. Um, really, every every race that he was eligible for, he, he raced, which is really. I mean, this year was rare. Um, you you mentioned this already, but but everybody basically took a week off for Olympics preparation. Several of the other athletes took weekends off to mm-hmm. sort of find their form, um, and then obviously, you know, JT Boat just sort of took off the the last trimester again. I, it, I don't know necessarily what I would have done in their shoes, but I completely agree that as a somebody who really enjoys watching biathlon, it was it was disappointing to see the focus shift a little bit. And obviously, the Olympics are are the major thing that happened this season, and and they sort of were the major gravitational pull. They they gobbled up mm-hmm. all of the attention mm-hmm. and and the focus, and I, that happens to a certain extent every Olympics year. Yeah. But it just seemed yeah. like it was more this year than usual. Um, yeah, and I also I I really you know they have those uh, seasons where they put an asterisk behind an athlete's name when mm-hmm. you know, and I really I want to emphasize that that especially Quentin Fermier and Roisland what they did if if it had an ax uh, an an uh, asterisk at the end of the season it's for how outstanding and and incredibly inconsistent they were. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely wouldn't want to suggest it by any means that they wouldn't have achieved what they what they achieved if the other athletes would have been there full time. So it's yeah. just uh, in yeah. that sense, there were outstanding seasons from two top athletes. Yeah, it's not to take anything away from them. No, because they they performed really well start to finish. It's just a lot of people. I don't know. They just would didn't. So in in. In the United States, right there's in the the NBA, there's this new thing that people talk about. It's called was it? Um, uh, and my words are failing me. There's a f- a phrase that they use. It's like um, it's basically athlete rest, and um, where it's like basically a lot of the top stars are taking games off. You know, mm. so you know the season is 82 games long, and they might play like 62 games, and it's just because they want to rest and be ready for the other, like the bigger games. And right. I, I, I don't look, I don't watch a lot of NBA, but um, really any, I haven't watched this game in several seasons now, but um, the point being that it felt like that was sort of what was going on this year is that there was a lot of, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, resting to, to wait for the Olympics, which were, yeah, you know, I, like I said, I get it. A, a lot of these athletes, they are defined by what they do at the Olympics. Uh, for you know when when people talk about them in the future, but mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been nice. Hey, we spent a lot of time on that. Yeah, and I, yeah, uh, I I also thought just in general, um, the Olympics were not as good as I would have hoped. We had mm-hmm. some some great races that we mentioned before, but I think there mm-hmm. were a lot of races that were sort of decided um, yeah. before. Well, pretty much right after the last shooting or. Um, I don't know, and no crowd, and and you know the 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 bare brown yeah. areas yeah. around the the background and stuff. That I don't know. It it was it was fun. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it, but it was just not 
as I remembered them, you know, from, from years before. Yeah. And I, then I, also team Sweden was, was, you know, mm-hmm. obviously not uh, as successful as they would have hoped and they still did okay. Or well, they did well with a couple of medals. Uh, but I, I just had expected that they were going to rake in the, the gold medals and yeah, it wasn't the competition from that, from Sweden was just uh, less than expected. So yeah, yeah, no, completely agree on that. It was I, they didn't put their best foot forward, um, you know, and and who who knows exactly why that was? Whether it was training plan or they, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. but it, they they were certainly not at their peak, um, and and really nobody could touch Norway except for uh, Quinton Fiume. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. yeah. It was a uh, sort of an unusual Olympic Games, but I agree. It just the the venue was not the most appealing. Although I did like, you know, we had a lot of complaints about the um, the coverage, <laughs> but yeah. the overhead shots that they started using at the end, I thought were very very cool. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and they started they carried that over, I think, into the last couple of weekends of the season too. So hopefully, yeah, maybe. we we see more of that. Maybe a yeah. positive that came out of the Olympics. And then, yeah, I had some more, but uh, I won't go through everything. But of course, COVID still mm-hmm. being a bit of a party pooper in uh, numerous races and yeah. the situation in Ukraine. And I don't think we need to go into that detail again, but obviously that had uh, quite a bit of an impact on the enjoyment um, in the last part of this season. Yeah, no, I agree. But to get off this negative note, um, some highlights of the season and um just to name a few i was completely blown away and i've said this before about uh, sweden's ski speed in uh, trimester one and uh, also including elvira winning her her first race and second race right after but uh especially that first one i think we mentioned that before where Hannah was just so super excited and then it almost felt like the second <laughs> mm-hmm. one. Of course, she was still happy for her sister, but it was more like, oh, I guess I have a competitor. <laughs> I know. Oh, crap. You know? <laughs> so it was just interesting to see the the difference between the two um, yeah. celebrations. But uh, yeah, just now knowing how her season went, um, just great to see her first uh, first wins in yeah. her career. And uh, Elvira herself is just a highlight of the season. Um, yeah. You love to see someone come into their own, especially at, at 22, 23 years old. And, and she is hopefully, I mean, barring any major setbacks going to be a force for the next decade. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just, uh, it was amazing to watch it happen. Um, and, and I've talked about Elvira a lot this season, but I just want to mention one of my, my favorite things about her isn't her speed or, or anything like that. It's just put her in position to win. And she just is so mentally tough and I mean mentally tough. She's just, tough like mm-hmm, i go back mm-hmm. to that last lap in the uh the mass start and and otope and and she just was not going to give up that lead and it's amazing to see that in a 23 year old yeah yeah uh, yeah she was she was amazing this year yeah and yeah i'll i'll name some just briefly uh i won't go into a discussion on everything but uh folks development during the season and her shooting performance mm-hmm. really yeah. stood out to me uh, Strolia's performance, we mentioned that, Yuslova shooting, Lesser winning in Oslo, uh, the seasonal dominance of uh, Marta and uh, Quentin, mm-hmm. uh, the addition of Orpe, the crowds in France, Orpe, Contiolati and Oslo, and having Oslo back uh, yes. on the calendar after two years of uh, not being there. 
I'm just going to stop you real quick. The crowds were awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, of course we, we, of course, they just were a, uh, a given for so many years and then not having them. Um, and then this year sort of having them and not, uh, it really made me appreciate them. And I think that they were even, uh, they were all even more enthused to be out there just because of everything that we've been going through. Well, and, and uh, the Annecy one, I mean, they were, they were amazing, but <laughs> it was, that was wild. almost a shock. Yes. Because yeah. that was so long since we had a crowd, right? So yeah, I, I didn't even know what to think. There were, yeah. It felt like they were like, I don't know, five or six people deep all the way around the course. Yeah. Yeah. No, that it was, was awesome. awesome. It was oh, awesome. and then the French performed so well there too. It right. It's really, it was really something. Yeah. Um, and then I, I want to say the, the last highlight of the season that I want to mention is uh, the fantastic discussions we've had on Twitter. Um, and I just remember two examples. One was when uh, Stina Nielsen got a third place, I think, mm-hmm. her first podium. So. Yeah, and then she... the whole discussion about the Swedish team selection. And, yeah. you know, she, that was the first time she she did better than uh, the Oberg sisters. And there was a lot of maybe more negative feedback about the Oberg sisters, not on Twitter, but uh, just in the news. So it was just great to have different perspectives and, and uh, people replying to each other. And that was really great to see. And uh, and then, of course, in the last race where Elvira missed out on the Mastard Globe because, well, be, in my opinion, because she just didn't have enough gas to, uh, yeah. to, to end in the right position for her. But, of course, the discussion if Lynn Persons should have held back mm-hmm. a little bit. Anyway, we won't have to go through that again, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> it, I think it was great to to see uh, the discussion on Twitter and also on some uh, on Reddit in the biathlon communities. Um, yeah, it was just great to see that discussion and, and different points of view. And that really was something that I really enjoyed, where people would bring mm-hmm. up arguments, whether they agreed or not, or whether I agreed with them or not. But it was like, oh yeah, I never thought of that. So yes. that's yeah. the beauty of it, right? So. Yeah, it's the uh, the I I, I just it personally will sometimes just kind of bemoan uh, you know where the internet and social media has gone, but that's still like mm. the positive side of it, right? That's the 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 optimistic view is you know bringing people together and hearing different uh, viewpoints that you never would have heard from you know from Canada or France or uh, Poland, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think it's it's amazing when that can happen. Um, yeah, I, those were the first two big conversations that came to mind as well, but. Um, there were a couple times when I, I just asked Twitter for some feedback and I, I, there were a lot of people who chimed in just with, you know, some of their sort of, uh, one of the questions, for example, was just naming some, um, some athletes who are sort of less well-known that they, they tend to follow. And then that was kind of fun for me. And I had so many responses that it kind of gave me a whole lot, a whole lot more, uh, athletes just to, to keep an eye on, uh, which is, that's great. I, I, I love it when we get those sort of things and yeah. hopefully we can. Keep and that, that totally makes me think of uh, Joanne Reed or, or uh, jo- Joanne yes, Firesteel yeah. Reed. <laughs> she, uh, I mean, there are a lot of athletes that post funny things, but she just had a number of, of uh, tweets that were just really funny. And, and yes. uh, she seems yeah. very open to respond as well. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, shout Absolutely. out to her. Uh huh. Well, we got it. Hopefully, we'll, we'll get her on yeah. at some point in the next yeah, couple of great. years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. Yeah, I haven't gotten a reply because I asked her if she uh, if she would be in Canmore for the race two seasons from now, if we uh, could meet up and if I could have her bib if she has the number one bib in the pursuit. 
<laughs> which, <laughs> yes. you know, putting a little bit of pressure on there. But uh, we'll, we'll yeah. see if we uh, get some response on that. Absolutely. And then uh, some curiosities of the season. Um, Vitazzi's prone shooting. And then especially the difference between her prone shooting in the relays and, and the uh, non-team events. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever figure it out. I, I don't know. I just, it just, I don't know. I still can't wrap my head around what, what happened, As, especially like it's one thing to just be bad at prone for, <laughs> yeah. you know, a significant period. But if then you do a relay race and then all of a sudden you, you shoot, you know, your normal, averages or even better and yeah uh i i really hope she can figure it out or just forget about it and uh start fresh next season oh i know because she's so good when she's on i, I just know. don't know i don't know what's going on yeah i think we saw a little bit of sign that it was getting better towards the end yes but uh yeah let's uh let's hope <laughs> yeah. nobody will ever find out what happened and and it will be forgotten about yes yeah absolutely um, I had on here as well, Preutz with, you know, making a, a fall down the stairs and, and hurting her ankle and then finally coming back from that and then getting COVID. And then luckily I was so happy for her that she at least still made it to the Olympics and, uh, mm-hmm. and increased her form, um, during the Olympics. So that, uh, mm-hmm. that she actually had a, you know, pretty good time to think back on. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. But yeah, that's now COVID again for her after the party. That's just crazy. Hopefully she's done with, she's gotten all of her bad luck out of the year. Yeah. Or out of the yeah. way this year. Hopefully and she, she can come back. Because and- I think it's been mentioned before where a lot of people, like she was always doing well in the last couple of seasons, but mm-hmm. people said, oh, if she could just have one season where she's healthy and uh, and then she could be a contender for the globe. And, and <laughs> she- yeah, it's had a train wreck season. I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do. It's yeah. just everything that could go wrong did. Yeah. And then, so another thing I wrote down was um, something that I kind of forgot about, but it was uh, Taria Bo, and I forgot mm-hmm. who it was with. I think it was with an Italian athlete. It was, it was an Italian woman, yeah. Had a major collision. And I did read some um, news about that maybe during or just around the Oslo events that, that actually – because he did race the next day and he, you know, he didn't do bad or anything, um, that it still quite impacted him. And I never made the connection that maybe that was also why he was sick when he got home and then didn't race mm. very well in the, in the yeah. rest of the season. So that's a good uh, point. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, uh, we mentioned the mixed relay, but going into the mixed relay, there were a lot of questions because Tario Bo, he had his collision and, and I want to say it was, was it JT Bo and, Tangerbold were both had the they were both in COVID isolation, so we didn't know if mm-hmm. they were they were going to be able to race. And I mean, everything yeah. came out fine for the Norwegian team; they had no problems during the Olympics. But um, yeah, there was a brief moment there where we had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah, no, and 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 that actually makes me think of when you said everything went fine except for uh, Tangerbold with her with her collapse oh, and, yes. and basically yeah. losing the the third place. So. Um, I oh, guess man. that was curious in the sense that we we still kind of really don't know what happened, especially since she had a similar situation earlier in the season, and then uh, we also had uh, Kadurish, yes, collapse Which... during uh, a relay race. Yeah. So those, yeah, those, those were 
not fun to watch and and um yeah with the the cardiovascular collapse and that mm-hmm. was all we ever heard yeah and then yeah i wrote down japan retiring we talked about that but also the the chinese athletes not competing after the olympic games uh, curious what's going on there it sounds like mm-hmm. uh Bjorn Dahlen and Domracheva are still under contract. So I think uh, as far as what I've read, there's no plan to uh, shut down the program or anything, but uh, it's just kind of odd not to see them anymore after the Olympics. It, it made no sense to me. No. Then, I, just, uh, I don't understand uh, what the what the decision-making was there, no. but, but who knows? I can't imagine it being the cost of, no. of bringing them back to Europe, but who knows? And then uh, I had two things by uh, Eric Lesser lending a spin bike <laughs> to Lachipov with a class act. And then, like I mentioned earlier, the cheering of the crowd during a race. Um, just, yeah, class acts both times by yes. a, a class yeah. athlete or well, uh, former biathlete. <laughs> for a former biathlete. <laughs> Honestly, lending his bike to Lachipov was, was probably, that was, it's a very cool thing. And I, I don't remember anything like that happening in, in another sport. I'm sure it's happened. I just don't, it doesn't come to mind. It was just, he helped a direct competitor stay in shape. It's just yeah, pretty, it, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then sort of the, the spin off that he got thousands and thousands of Russian followers. And then he left was pretty outspoken about what's happening in Ukraine. And then he left a lot of them and, or they left him, I suppose. Uh, yeah. But anyway, and then I think the last curiosity I wanted to bring up was a uh, small ski ski that was left on the track and Strolia just didn't even seem to think about it, just picked it up and handed it over. And it, if you, if they would have told me after the race that they practiced 20 times, then I would have believed it because it's oh, very smooth and, uh, <laughs> and very quick. So it was like, he does that every day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those were just some things that stood out to me. I don't know if you have anything to add or, um, I, there was, uh, speaking of, of, um uh uh sort of just being classy uh there was the episode was it Roisland uh uh part of her site aperture was yes. it came off right and yeah, was, was it a a I don't even I won't remember what team it was from but it was like a physio it was from Czech Czech Republic yeah, from the Czech team found it and and was able to leave it for her I it was a it was a during the Olympics story. right yeah and then Roisland on I a think, relay yeah yeah yeah, it was, uh, and then again, because Roisland had kind of a funny first shooting, and then uh, was was fine after that. Yeah, yeah and fun. that's just another confirmation of of you know we've talked about the biathlon family and uh, just a great atmosphere mm-hmm. both between athletes and respect mutual respect of athletes and uh, I, yeah, it just it it makes me very happy to see those kinds of things. Absolutely, that that still happens in top sport. It makes me feel good as a fan. Uh, to that, these are the people I'm supporting with my with my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and and uh, I guess a small group, right? And they they travel together for uh, four or five months, and I guess yeah, they, they can, you know, sometimes being that close to people, you can you can kind of they can get on your nerves, but it really seems like they kind of come together. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's really it's really amazing to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. Shall we move on to the stat of the week section? Yes, absolutely. I've been waiting for this. (laughs) The stat of the week. 
Well, I don't have uh, one specific item that I wanted to talk about, but I uh, just wanted to say thanks, everybody, for their patience. I have felt in the last month or so that I was always behind eight ball and uh, trying to catch up. I feel that I've sort of caught up. So I just wanted to uh, briefly mention some updates. So there's two dashboards on uh, Tableau Public, which can be accessed on public.tableau.com. And if you then use the search fun functionality and look for my name, R-J-W-E-I-S-E, R-J Weiss, and then you get results of visits and you just need to click on authors and then you'll find me. And if you click on my name, you'll see all the visits that I've done. And um, the youth and junior analysis, as well as the IBU Cup analysis dashboards have been um, updated with some additional functionality, some additional filters. And I also created a World Cup version of that. So the World Cup analysis dashboard, which is uh, showing the same charts and visuals and filters, but uh, obviously for the World Cup data of the last five years. And as I promised in a previous podcast, I did write a, a blog post on uh, biathlonanalytics.com on uh, just with some tips and tricks, how to use these dashboards and use the filters and how you can sort and that kind of thing, just to uh, make sure that everybody can use them to their uh, full functionality. Um, I also added a, a seasonal forum analysis dashboard looking at average points per race, shooting, and ski speed per trimester. So obviously the first two trimesters, then the Olympics as a third trimester, and then the fourth trimester for the last uh, three events. Um, I made some updates with the final season, re um, season races as well as a sort of final result race in quotes because of course it wasn't a race but so far i've always shown the uh, bibs for athletes how they wear them at the start of the race but of course i had to include how they finished at the end of the season so that's all updated in the bibs dashboard um that doesn't include the olympics by the way because for whatever reason the olympics as we all know are not included for points for the world cup mm -hmm. um so they officially don't wear the colored bibs for that, so uh, therefore they're not in there. And that that because uh, I've done that bibs one last year as well. And during the season, I had some weird situations where some races didn't show up, and I reached out to uh, Real Biathlon and asked him if there was something wrong with the data, and he uh, responded quite quickly with the answer that I, of course, should have thought of myself, but. Uh, He's a lot smarter than me, so it all worked <laughs> out um, where he said, well, if there's a race where the bib holders are not participating, and if we talked about that, we've seen it quite a bit where people chose to uh, sit out a weekend, um, mm -hmm. then they won't show up or at least not all the bibs on a race. So if you're wondering why some races are missing or not showing all the bibs, then that is the reason. And last but not least, um, there's also a dashboard for rankings and World Cup points per season, which is basically comparing the trends for last three or four seasons. Um, and it's uh, I find it very interesting to see someone like Eckhoff, where you can see that right from the, from the get-go, her season wasn't working out in the way last season did. Um, but you can, you know, select every athlete that you want to check it for. You can see the great uh, season that Elvira had. 
etc. And you can check for the athletes that we've uh, mentioned in this um, podcast. And it includes the Olympics, even though, again, I know that the there is no World Cup points to be gained, but I calculated the World Cup points based on the rankings in the Olympics just because in previous seasons we also include the World Cups. And I thought it was fair if you're looking at a seasonal World Cup points total that uh, you should, if you include the World Cups, you should also include the Olympics. So that's the thought behind that. But uh, yeah, so quite a number of dashboards to uh, to play with and uh to uh, maybe when boredom starts kicking in in a couple of weeks with no biathlon on TV might be a <laughs> nice, nice thing to kill some time. Now in, I, I have mentioned this before, especially looking at the, um, the junior and the, the IVU cup analysis, you can waste a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of time. Waste. Spend. No, not waste. Not spend. Right. spend, spend, spend. <laughs> no, I hear you. It's yeah. uh, it's it's definitely something that you can <laughs> just look for five minutes uh, and then uh, half an hour later you're like oh okay what was I gonna do? Oh yeah, no, it's absolutely the kind of thing where <laughs> I've caught myself. Uh, I'll be honest, I've caught myself looking at it over my lunch and um, <laughs> uh, just taking way more time than I intended to. Yeah, I meant to <laughs> I meant to be working on charge or something, and instead I was just doing this. Um, so yeah, it's uh, oh man, it's just it's too much fun. Thanks. And if anybody uh, is wondering about the legend of the uh, nations that are selected by default, I, I tried to... So so these dashboards came out of a uh, discussion I had with one of the former Biathlon Canadian coaches who's now uh, training youth athletes. And um, he wanted to just have some statistics, historical statistics to uh, to see how Canada is doing compared to other... Uh, biathlon nations so that's why you will see the the bigger biathlon nations and i you can always argue if, who should be included but we settled on this and then of course canada who is not your typical biathlon nation but uh, that's the reason why they're in there and obviously being from canada i uh just wanted to keep them in there as well so but sorry i cut you off there no it's totally reasonable and fair I was just going to say that uh, I just saw the uh, the seasonal uh, analysis, like the for the the, the four trimesters, um, including the Olympics, and so I've just been playing around with that this evening. <laughs> and uh, in particular, I w- I've actually what I've been doing is just looking at the third trimester. I don't know, or I guess the fourth trimester, so after the Olympics. Um, and I don't, I don't know why I've been so fascinated by that, but um, I am. am surprised i think at how well some people were performing that i did not feel like they were performing all that well or vice versa right so uh looking at um average uh points per race uh hauser was actually higher than uh denise herman over the in the last trimester um which kind of shocked me sorry because i'm looking at uh trimester three right uh trimester three and i had it ordered uh, so I, I, at least the way I'm reading it, uh, Hauser was 37.1 and Herman was 34.3. Did I order it incorrectly? Yeah. That, well, so <laughs> we're getting into the under the hood here, but, um, so if you see, so I would oh, say when you, the, I, the, the order didn't change. I get it. Yeah. I think you probably sorted 
trimester three. Yep, I did. And yep. then unfortunately, because there are two tables, the, the names don't line up. So if you ever do that by accident, just refresh the page and then yeah, it will yeah, yeah. Uh, reset. But if you hover your mouse over one of the, uh, uh, the squares, yeah. then you'll yeah. see that uh, the name is different. But uh, yeah, I was I was stunned when I saw that. Okay, that, they were 45.3 and 30.9. Okay. Whew. And now it all makes sense. <laughs> now it all makes sense. I was I was over here like really panicking that I was <laughs> launching something else entirely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, but that's uh, that is uh, an an issue with this dashboard. Um, but there is unfortunately no way around it. You cannot sort of link up two tables or two mm -hmm. visualizations. So that's uh, I I try to do my best to to sort them so that they show up side by side. But yeah, there's always the issue of manually sorting a column and then you might get out of order between the two but uh, it's a good thing to mention though because that yeah. can be confusing um and the other thing i was going to say was uh i had looked at the the men and i had you know gone through everything and and but and when you look at the the ski speed um just how much slower samuelson was at the olympics than he was and obviously mm -hmm. that he appeared slower and and Good gracious, he was way slower in the Olympics than he was at any other point during the season. Yeah. Like yeah, a, the, that was crazy. A reverse see, peak yeah. at the Olympics, yeah. Not only that could have been skis, but I, anyway, I just, I, it was just really fascinating to me. And lesser too, hey? Yeah. 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 But he only uh, had the, the one official race. That's true. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. 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 Because then you look at, uh, Anyway, the other Swedes weren't quite as slow as Samuelson. That's just why it was so astounding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now it makes me want to check the women. Anyway, this is just a demonstration of how you can quickly go into a rabbit hole with, uh, yeah. <laughs> with these <laughs> yeah, kinds here, of things. Here but, we go. <laughs> uh, I really hope that uh, people will enjoy them and see some uh, some benefit in them. And uh, like I said, during the, the off-season to spend some time on reviewing the, the last season and uh, compare them to previous seasons, etc. So... Yeah. Uh, go, go wild. Seriously. It, <laughs> you, you can, you can, you can spend a lot of time there and, and run into a lot of really interesting things. Um, before we go, uh, I wanted to mention a, uh, young woman who, I don't know age, but, uh, is doing her, uh, thesis if, if on biathlon actually. And I know you and I had both, uh, put a tweet up about it, but she was asking everybody to, uh, respond to this uh, the survey she was doing about fan experience in biathlon. So uh, I figured I would mention her here for anybody who's made it this deep into the podcast to to go check it out. I will I will post it again on Twitter. Yeah, and thank you for doing that because I actually thought about it earlier and then I forgot about it. I think her name may be Emma Duart. Yes. Uh, yep. Is it? it yeah. She's you got it. Duart underscore Emma. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I'm really. Uh, I mean, obviously, I wish I would have been able to fill it out myself because that meant that I would have been at uh, <laughs> at, at yep. least one event. But uh, she did say that uh, once her thesis is, is done, um, she's presenting it in June. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, see it after that. And from here, I wish her uh, good luck and all the best with the presentation. And I hope it, it works for her. Yeah, and I would uh, love to see it after uh, mm -hmm. she's all done. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just uh, I'm fascinated by what she what she finds. Yeah, maybe she'll yeah. Uh, she'll give us a, <laughs> a preview of the data. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and that also uh, makes me want to thank everybody who's listening and uh, and also responding to us in uh, on Twitter. Um, again, it's the, the biathlon athletes and the whole biathlon world are a great community and uh, and Twitter and and uh, people listening to the podcast is no exception to that. And this was our first season. We didn't do the, a full season, but it was uh, a lot of fun. And I thank you, Jordan, for uh, for doing this with me and, and hoping we'll continue to do so for many more uh, seasons. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was going to say the exact same thing to you uh, to, to thank you for, for joining me and doing this. I think this has been a, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll keep doing some over the summer. And um, yeah, I think uh, uh, we'll have to, to dive in and do the, do the, the full season next time. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's... Uh, and that is the plan. That is the yeah. plan. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, we haven't really talked about it yet, but I I think for the World Cup we should do it uh, the same way as we did yeah. in uh, for the Olympics. I agree. Where we do yeah. a brief one after the race, but let's not make that promise just quite. <laughs> yeah, who knows what the world's going to look like then? Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Shall we wrap it up? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good night. Yep. Yeah, bye. Bye.